Good morning, everyone. Senator Jesse Keel joins us. Good morning, Senator. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, everyone. Well, it was a nice weekend over at the 9-11 Memorial. Yes, indeed. Um, oop, there we go. The uh, Yeah, the September 11th Memorial that uh, one of our Rotary Clubs puts on at, uh, at Rotary Park in the Valley uh, is, a, is a really moving um, ceremony each year. Um, it, it wasn't raining today, or uh, this year, um, which... Which uh, I don't know. It hardly feels like it counts, but um, but it was really a beautiful service, and it's important um, to remember the first responders and the other folks who who rushed in um, when when so many lives were in danger and so many lives were lost. So we appreciate them, and and we thank today's first responders, police, fire, EMS, and others um, for their service to um, to Alaska and to our communities. Yeah, one of the first responders we had spoke to uh, quoted George Bush in saying uh, to never forget. You know, um, it, it there's no politics when it comes to saving lives, when it comes to responding to emergencies. It's just about those who serve, um, and, and we appreciate them and all they do. Indeed. I wanted to ask you what you thought of the rank choice process as compared to the typical first-past-the-post that we're familiar with. Well, it's it's been very interesting, and one of the things I'm really looking forward to um, is seeing uh, all the rest of the information um, about. Uh, we we know where um, uh, Nick Begich's second choice votes went, right? That was part of the results when he uh, came in third and was therefore dropped out. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the Division of Elections is putting together more information um, than is required by law, and I think that's really great. I applaud them for doing that. Um, they're going to show, obviously in the aggregate, we're not going to see uh, individual ballot by ballot, <clears throat> but they're going to show uh, where Mary Peltola's second votes went and how many uh, ranked only one. Sarah Palin's second choice, how many ranked only one there. Um, and, and that information, I think, is going to be useful to help us understand what Alaska voters um, value. That is what elections are supposed to be for, right? I, Kevin, there are going to be people who look at that to try and figure out how they can gain an advantage and their side can win. And I know, we all know people do that. The value in it is to understand what Alaskans think is important. Um, so I'm, <coughs> excuse me, I'm kind of excited um, to see uh, to see where that information goes, I I do think you know the Alaskans made a change in our election system. It was a citizen initiative, and the voters chose it. Um, I, I think the most important part of that whole change a couple years ago was our open primaries. Um, that that leaves us in a place where um, people are free to talk about their values um, and how they would work, what directions they would push if they were in office. Um, and and not worry about satisfying um, the the fringe or the base of their particular political party and being beholden to small groups. Lots more people are on the November ballot. Everyone can rank their choices. Voters get more say. That's that's the most valuable thing to me. Um, and so I I think in the long term that's really going to benefit Alaska. One election at a time. You know it it depends on the candidates. It depends on the races. But over the long term. I think our legislature is going to look more like Alaska, and that has to be a good thing for a democratic republic form of government. 
And a point that Representative Hannon brought up on a previous program was also it gives the candidates more exposure to the voters as well, given this open primary system. It's, do you share that sentiment? Yeah, I think I think that goes part and parcel um, with with what I was just saying, right? Um, if if you uh, are campaigning to everyone and everyone votes on you, um, then you really have to go out and and talk to folks all across your your district if you hope to win you don't ha- you don't have the opportunity to just speak to the faithful of your particular subgroup um and count on a gerrymandered district to get you into office now most folks aren't trying to do that but we see uh, where that happens and it happens both left and right uh, no party is immune to that um, so i think this system will will reduce that um, better for the voters um, and and requiring frankly a little more out of our candidates um, that that's a good thing too we we need to be out there talking to everyone um, and not writing anybody off now on to what the results of the ranked choice voting gave us that is Mary Peltola as our congresswoman for Alaska, wanted to know your reaction to that. Well, I'm thrilled. I, I congratulate um, Congresswoman-elect Peltola, um, and and I think she's going to do an excellent job. Um, she really is an independent thinker. Uh, I had the opportunity to work um, uh, in the Capitol building when she was in the State House of Representatives uh, here, in, here in the Capitol City. Um, and, and what I saw was um, just what what she portrayed in her campaign, somebody from rural Alaska who cares about the entire state, um, who, who works hard and thinks hard, um, right? Every now and then you'll bump into someone who says, well, is this my district? No, I, I don't care about this issue. What do you, what do you want? Uh, and that was never Mary Peltola, right? Um, it was always uh, what's best for Alaska. She knew that uh, our urban hubs have to be healthy for our, our rural communities to be healthy. And if our rural communities weren't healthy, it was going to uh, wreak havoc play havoc with our urban hubs. We're one state, right? And so <coughs> um, there is no question in my mind, Congress could use about 430 more people uh, with that perspective <laughs> uh, in, in Washington, D.C., or rather going to Washington, D.C., um, to, to do the work for America. Um, it, is, it is tough for one person um, to make a huge impact on the United States House of Representatives. Um, it's big, and, and those districts often are gerrymandered, um, and folks don't have to listen to everybody. We're very fortunate in Alaska to have one congressperson who, who represents, needs to be accountable to the entire state. Um, I'm excited to see what, what uh, Congresswoman Poltola does, um, and, and I, I think uh, she's got a really bright future. She also has a big race. November is coming fast, um, and to hold the seat for more than a few months and do the work on a long-term basis the next two years, um, she's, she's got to win in November. So um, that's, uh, that, we'll all keep an eye on that, and, uh, and I know folks are working the phones for their preferred candidates, and, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the voters choose in November, but I'm, I'm really happy with the August decision. And with the perspective we are sending to Congress, it's there's many historic things about Ms. Peltola being Alaska native, being a woman we're sending to Congress here, but uh, there was one aspect I wanted to ask you, because it's been over, what, 50 years since we send a Democrat to Congress? What what did you think of that? Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, we, we've had one uh, member of, of the U.S. House um, since before I was born, and I am no spring chicken. 
Um, so I, I think, uh, I think, you know, change is not a bad thing. Uh, and, and I think that her perspective is going to really, um, shift, uh, some of the, the willingness of certain people to listen on Alaska issues. You know, uh, I had the opportunity to work with Don Young on a bunch of issues. Um, you know, when, wherever we could put party labels aside and just work on Alaska issues, um, that was an opportunity and he never missed taking that. Uh, PBSA comes to mind. Uh, oh, right. The, the, on the cruise passengers yep. when, con- when uh, Canada shut down their ports, um, yeah, that's a, a great example, um, one of several. Uh, and, and so, but on the other hand, um, Don Young had uh, a particular personality type, uh, and he uh, knew how to, to make headlines with um, some controversial statements and some controversial actions and things that made a heck of a splash. And some people don't don't care for that. Some people uh, that turns them right off, and they they don't listen as well. Um, you know, it, it's always the mix: policy first, politics works its way in, but personalities count too because they're human beings. Um, Mary Peltola has a, a very different personality. Um, she's she's not going to feel a need to get in the paper much, I don't think. Um, and and she, I think, will be better positioned to help some of those people turn their ears back on on Alaska issues, educate them, move them in our direction. Um, it's a different approach, and, and I think uh, it can be beneficial. Well, we'll take up many other matters with Jesse after the break. Stay tuned. We're back with Juno Senator Jesse Keel. We spoke about the constitutional question on the program before, Jesse, but we're seeing lines being drawn with pro and anti groups forming. Uh, what are you hearing from constituents? Um, I'm, I've been a little bit surprised um, that uh, not everybody is, is closely engaged in this issue here in Southeast. This issue is huge in Southeast. I want to take you a quick history lesson. Back in the 1950s, <clears throat> coastal Alaska had a lot of population, and uh, we had a lot of delegates to the convention, and they just barely got the capital being in Juneau in a transition section of our constitution. Right. And of course, we saw back in the 60s and 70s that uh, that that wasn't binding. Uh, There's the potential for a capital move. And we have fought the terrible idea, the huge waste of money and the colossal damage to southeast that a capital move would uh, would wreak on us. Um, If there's a constitutional convention today, very few of those delegates are coming from coastal Alaska because the population has shifted. And I am here to tell you, a constitutional convention today will start with a capital move that we can't undo, and then they'll get to work on the rest of the damage. It is a terrible thing for Southeast Alaska. I see. So when the Constitution was formed back in the 50s, the population was more centered closer to Southeast, is what you're saying. It was much more balanced across the state, right? And so we had more folks who said, of course, the capital can be in Juneau. There's nothing. In fact, they had this vision, right? Three great centers. The center of commerce was in Anchorage, right? They put the center of learning at at Fairbanks with the university and the center of government in Southeast Alaska at Juneau with the capital, right? But the population since then has moved to the rail belt where commerce is in huge, huge numbers, huge proportions, right? Back in the 50s, when we had a fair share, fair balance of the state's population, they almost didn't put Juneau as the capital, almost didn't succeed in protecting it, right, in the Constitution. A convention today, the other guys have the votes, they have the population numbers, and it won't be a public vote. 
right? It'll just be the horse trading in the convention when they come to the end and they've got to put out a product. And I've seen that in the legislature, right? Things you might think don't make any sense. All of a sudden, somebody trades for them. And, and it's bad policymaking, but it happens. And then there's one package, one final package that has this terrible thing in it that goes to the voters statewide. And you know what? The rest of the state doesn't necessarily care where the capital is. <clears throat> so we are at huge risk in Juneau. A constitutional convention, I think, is, is almost guaranteed to be a capital move. We would have one heck of a fight on our hands. And that population balance has opened the door to it. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So it is, it is as dangerous a thing for Southeast Alaska as I can imagine. Well, on another topic, Jesse, marriage laws were updated recently with the signing of HB 62. Your thoughts? I think that's tremendous. That that puts almost puts an end to child marriage in Alaska. And yeah, the, fourteen the, to sixteen, right? Right, yeah. right. And the and the exceptions that are in there now uh, for younger people really take scrutiny. Um, and so, you know, you you have situations where you have uh, a young couple and one of them's about to deploy, for instance, and and they want to be married, and 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 those rare exceptions can be accounted for. But functionally, that law ends child marriage in our state, and that is a good, good thing. I, I really want to applaud the governor um, for, for uh, approving that law. Uh, Representative Matt Clayman um, and, and Representative Sarah Rasmussen, an R and a D out of Anchorage, um, who, uh, who pushed like crazy, uh, and, and I was happy to play some part in, in making sure that that um, passed. The, the terrible history of child marriage um, in this country, in the world, um, it is the kind of thing that uh, ruins your morning to think about it. You want to go take a shower um, after you think through the implications. Um, and, and this change in the law is, is decades overdue, and it is a very good thing for Alaska. Now, while that made it across the finish line and was approved, we saw a veto recently from the governor. That was on SB 45, which would have levied attacks on electronic smoking products and what was what was your reaction i believe you were a co were you were you on this bill you know it, it was a it, i supported the bill um okay. I, I don't remember right this moment whether i signed on as a co-sponsor but it, it it was a good bill it was well done um well put together uh a lot of compromises were made senator gary stevens sponsored that bill um and uh and it included a version of representative sarah hannon's um uh, level playing field for um, for vaped nicotine, which today doesn't pay any taxes because the last time we touched our nicotine taxes, vaping didn't exist, right? So right now, vaping has this huge advantage, right? It's functionally getting a tax subsidy from the state because all other forms of nicotine pay a tax and vaping doesn't. That that doesn't make any sense, right? It's And, and these vape things are, are equally bad for you. I mean, they really, really, uh, they're totally unregulated as to what's in them. They find all kinds of metals. Uh, most importantly, you just saw this huge civil settlement from one of the biggest vape companies in the country, in the world, that admitted, yes, they were hooking children on nicotine on purpose, right? That's what they were doing. And, and it was against the law, and they paid, I can't remember, million, billions or some, some colossal amount of money. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that's what really what this is about, 
uh, for, for them. It's about addicting the next generation. Once upon a time, there was a notion that maybe vaping would be the way to get people off of uh, uh, burning cigarettes and the tar and things. that. that co- yeah. But as soon as the big tobacco companies bought almost all the vape companies, it became about addicting the next generation to nicotine. Uh, that's their business model. Um, and, and adults can do what they want, but kids uh, and young people... Um, we need to give them an opportunity to get their lives started without addiction. So um, I think it was a very irresponsible veto. Um, I think it maintains a slanted playing field. Um, and, and I don't know why anybody would not want a level playing field um, for businesses. Um, so it, it very disappointing, that veto. Um, to move from bills, I had wanted to ask you about the annual check coming out to residents here soon uh, on the 20th at least those who did direct deposit yes. will get it on the 20th uh, those who did paper check or may not had remembered direct deposit they're going to get that in october i'm saying that because i forgot to do direct Uh-oh. deposit. Uh-oh. i wondered what that look on your face was so regardless though how are you feeling about the announcement the announcement was biggest pfd but I believe, as some folks remember in the legislature, it was a PFD and an energy relief check. So that number was together. Right, right. And, and that, um, you know, and it's not the biggest uh, value, right, when you adjust for inflation. But here's the important thing. Um, because the price of oil is way, way up. There's a war in Ukraine and, and we've embargoed Russian oil all over or sanctioned it all over the world. So the price of oil is way, way up. There was a lot of money around. We could do the essential things that we need a government to do. Educate the kids, patrol the streets, keep the doors locked over in Lemon Creek, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And still um, provide that large assistance. Um, and, and yes, $650 of that is an energy relief check. Um, and, and that, I think, is going to help a lot of people heat their homes this winter. Um, it was not the smartest way we could have done it. There were better ways we could have done it, but it was the simplest way. Uh, it was efficient. And so what we were able to do was provide um, a windfall PFD with windfall oil prices. Um, that, that effectively is what this is. Um, we, we need to get the PFD off the roller coaster. Um, and I had a, a bill that we didn't get passed this year, right, to, to put the PFD on a gradually rising uh, formula and then put it on a formula we could afford <clears throat> and stick to instead of whipsawing it around. Oh, this year it's 1100 Next year it's you know 2600 Next year, who knows what it'll be. The year after that, will we even have one? Depends on the price of oil. Depends on how the investment markets do. That, that's not a good setup for Alaskans. So this year's large check is going to be very helpful with high prices. Um, but, but we don't know a couple years out whether there's going to be a check. And I think there needs to continue to be a PFD Alaskans can count on. So we've got a lot of work to do to put the state on a sound fiscal footing so that we can depend on a PFD and we can have a formula that the state will follow, right, and won't just decide this year, well, we're short on money, never mind, um, because that's a, a bad future for Alaskans. So you would, so would you like to see a check of this size, or maybe with your plan we could get to a check eventually of that size? So the way my plan sets it up, it um, it wouldn't quite be this big, um, but it also wouldn't be as small as we've had the three years, four years prior, right? It's it's in between the two, and here's my proposal. Um, 
you know, we, we look at how much we can safely and sustainably use from the permanent fund every year. If you overdraw it, your grandkids aren't going to have a permanent fund, right? So you need to protect that. And you split that sustainable draw every year, which will be a pretty steady number, gradually growing as the markets gradually grow more years than they shrink. Um, and you split that 50-50. Now, my plan steps us up to that over a few years because we, except for the windfall this year, we can't afford that right now. Um, but, but we'll get there, right? And so we step that up in, in flat dollar amounts, specific dollar amounts, until we get to that 50-50 split. And that's a number that won't bounce around like crazy. The markets have one crazy up year, but they have, you know, a couple of uh, slow years or a down year. Uh, you take a five-year average. So it smooths it out. It levels it out, and Alaskans will have a pretty decent sense of how much PFD check you can expect. That's a huge help to people who struggle, and to people who aren't struggling, it's a big help, whether that's saving for retirement or you know, uh, fixing the car, filling the oil tank, saving for the kids' college, uh, trade school, what, whatever that is for your family, right? But it's not going to be, gee, will we have one this year? Or alternately, a bunch of politicians going, whew. I'm having trouble getting reelected. Let's pay big checks this year, right? That's not a good way to use Alaska's public money. Well, Jesse, full disclosure, I will be repairing my car with some of that PFD. You you have been repairing that car. It's a beautiful old car, Kevin, and I'm impressed at how well you keep it running. Well, thank you for keeping us running here. Well, I'm always happy to come on and talk with folks. Uh, and anybody ever wants to, to chat one-on-one, the office number is 465-4947. Just give a call. All right. Well, thank you, Jesse, for coming in this morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, everybody.